As you likely know, I also have two other podcasts, one called Quiet Mind Yoga, where I have weekly yoga classes you can listen to, and the other called Yoga Teacher Training, where I go into the topics of yoga, philosophy, history, and how to apply it and practice it. So if you're interested in learning more about building confidence in your practice, you can check those out, or you can check out the free workshop I'm doing called Three Mindset Shifts to Build Confidence in Teaching Yoga. And even if you don't want to be a teacher, one of the best ways to be a student is to think like a teacher and learn like a teacher. So I'll be offering that in this free workshop. And you can sign up at quietmind.yoga slash confidence. And there'll be a a few different times there. And if you can't make one of those, you can check out the replay. Or if you're listening to this later, you'll see a waiting list link there. I'll do that again in the future. So again, this is uh, deeply interconnected with uh, Vedic astrology. So all the source teachings of yoga, Ayurveda, Vedic astrology, all come from the Vedas, the Upanishads, the source texts of Indian wisdom that are so valuable. And I've, I've gotten so much from in my lifetime and gotten to share so much with other people. And uh, I love getting to teach it and love getting to practice it. So if you're curious about learning more about that side of things, the yoga side of things, check out this free workshop. I think you'll get a lot out of it. It's really potent and info-packed. So it's uh, quietmind.yoga slash confidence. My name is Jeremy Devins, and welcome to the Quiet Mind Astrology Podcast, where every week I give you new insights and information into Vedic astrology, the real origins of modern astrology, where the sun sign is probably different than the one you knew growing up, because uh, Vedic astrology recognizes the precession of the equinoxes. They knew about the tilt of the earth before we did in the West. So the Western astrology is following a system that does not factor in the precession of the equinoxes. So if you say the sun is in Aries and you look up in the sky using the night sky app, you'll see that that is not actually true. And where it actually is placed is how Vedic astrology does its calculations. So what we're talking about in this season today, the houses. So the houses are similar to where the planets are and the signs, but it's the sort of section of the sky that it's in. So when you look at a Vedic astrology chart, you see 12 different houses and they move counterclockwise from the first house to the 12th. And they're very similar and related to the signs of the zodiac, but also the planets. So there's an almost alphabet and there's synonymous uh, objects. So the seventh house is almost synonymous with the planet of Venus and almost synonymous with the sign of Libra. So the seventh house is has similar qualities and things that it's about. So Libra is about finding balance in things. And the seventh house as well is about finding balance in self and other. Because those first six houses that I've talked about so far are really about the self, your day-to-day routines, your body. And then we go into the seventh house now and on to the twelfth. It's more about the other, starting here with like relationships, marriage, and things I'll talk about today. 
up to your career and your spiritual path and your teachers and your father and you know moving on through the the other half of the chart we get more into the other so seventh house also related to venus venus is about love and beauty and the seventh house is about the commitment of love and marriage and partnerships so this isn't just uh marriage in like uh, for example, a man and woman getting married, but it's also partnerships like contracts and commitments. And if you're signing a contract in a way, you're uh, creating a commitment and a bond. And the seventh house can show you what kind of commitments you'll make. If you're more likely to break commitments, if you're more likely to hold them, if there's more likely to be complications with commitments, you can see that in the seventh house. For example, if you had the sun in the seventh house, the partner will likely be the spotlight of the relationship. So it's depending on what's going on in the rest of the chart, as always. But if you have a strong sun in the seventh house, that's the other. So the sun, the spotlight in your life is not on yourself or an area of your life, but now it's on the other person and the partner in relationship. So you can imagine how this could lead to challenges and complications. But that's just one example of what could happen here. Or you could have Venus here and you could have a very harmonious relationship. And the relationships you have are centered on what's fair and balanced and harmonious and connecting. You could have Saturn here and be attracted to older partners and want longevity and length in relationship. And you could be very stable and consistent and solid yourself in relationship because of that Saturn influence. Again, these are just examples. There's all sorts of factors to consider. This is just looking at one particular aspect. Other things that the seventh house can represent is just your attraction to the opposite sex. So what are you attracted to? Depending on what's here, if the sun is there, you might be attracted to somebody who is like an authority or power because the sun is the king. It's the center of the solar system. And has a lot, it's a very strong energy. So you might be attracted to somebody like that, who's sort of the center of attention in a group and has a very strong energy, which of course can create conflicts and challenges when your chart is centered on someone else. Uh, but those are just, again, just one aspect, things to be aware of and notice in your chart. It can also represent how strong your desire is to have a partner, like if you even really want a partner, uh, depending on what's going on here your need to commit, like if you really want to commit, or if you're more laissez-faire about it. It can also indicate your possessiveness once you're in the relationship. If so, if you have Rahu here, you might be obsessive about that partnership, and there might be a sense of ego fulfillment by having a relationship. And you might feel more uh, like you want status, or want to be seen with your partner, or want to be known to have a partner uh, of a certain, like, uh, wealth or class whereas k2 might be the opposite where you're kind of detached from the partnership and you're more uh it's just there you, you're more interested in maybe the spiritual aspect of relationship because k2 is about moksha liberation spirituality but it can also be detachment and cutting so you could feel that you're maybe even you don't even want relationship maybe you don't even have the desire for it or you know it could be that you're so detached that it's just you just have it you know that thing or you just like you don't even think about the things that you have currently in your life and you're just there you already have them 
So you don't have to think about wanting them, you just have them. So K2 there could also bring that where the relationship is just very natural and easy and it's just there. You don't feel like a strong desire to have it, you just have it. So again, this is not just uh, marriage, but also legal commitments, business partnerships, what kind of partners you'll work well with, agreements you make. Also indicate then legal battles and divorces and fines and fees and legal legalities like that and possible issues of it depending on influences here. Physically this represents the kidneys and low back and I've observed a lot of people with low back pain who may be having challenges with relationships or uh, financial things, issues like that to do with contracts and agreements getting into debts, things like that. can. I've seen a lot of examples of that low back pain related to those issues. So to work with this stuff, what you can do is work with the energies of Venus and Libra. So if you're having challenges in these areas, increasing the emphasis on things like the Venus Mudra, where you interlace the fingers and rest the hands in the lap and sit in meditation with the Venus Mudra. Doing things to increase beauty in your environment and things that you find beautiful, like art, music, just creating a beautiful environment like feng shui or tidying up is a popular thing right now. Just doing things like that to bring more balance and harmony and the Venus quality into your life. The color green, the heart chakra, working with these energies is helpful. Nadi Shodana, the alternate nostril breathing, uh, where you inhale on one side and then exhale on the other side of the nostrils so you're opening and closing the nostrils to breathe uh, inhale one side exhale the other side and you continue that for a while uh, three minutes seven minutes eleven minutes longer if you want so this helps to again bring balance to the body and balances the nadis the energy channels it literally means channel cleansing breath doing any sort of partner yoga or activities like acro yoga or tantric practices and tantra is commonly misunderstood to just mean sexual practices it can include that that's great but can also include things just like eye gazing uh, meditative practices that are with a partner and this can be with opposite sex or a partner you're attracted to or even just uh, somebody also wanting to do the practices so this can increase the quality of heart opening, uh, bringing more of the Venus qualities into your life. So we're always working to uh, harness and direct these energies. So they're just energies, they're just energy potentials. If you have a challenging aspect on your seventh house, that's, that's legit, that's a thing to work with for sure. But it's not a death sentence, it's not something that you're condemned with or doomed. It's an energy you can work with and you can, especially as we get into the 8th house next week, talk about how to transmutate and work with those energies. Because 8th house is all about transformation. So this is the 7th house. Partnerships, marriage, commitments, contracts, working with relationships and anything to do with uh, relationships in your life and the contracts and commitments you make moving from the self-focus of the first six houses to the other focus at the seventh house and moving on from there so thank you for listening and next episode we'll be talking all about the eighth house 
transformation. And this is where, if you're listening to this podcast, if you've listened to every episode, you've probably got something going on in the eighth house, some influence there. Because if you if you have a strong eighth house, it makes for a good astrologer and good intuition. And I'll talk about why when we get into the next episode all about the eighth house of Vedic astrology.